Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, guys? And welcome Hello. back to... What we, what said, we said pod- podcast. <laughs> Stop trying to be my shadow. Oh, and that's so mean. <laughs> okay, we a gotta, bully. We gotta start Sorry, over. No, you just say what we said podcast. Okay, I'm starting over. By yourself. No, no that was funny. <laughs> really? Come on, Jace. I think it was funny. <laughs> I'm starting over. Okay. Hey, guys, and welcome back to What We Said Podcast. So happy to have you here. So today, we are diving into a more serious topic that we personally don't think is talked about enough, and the topic is eating disorders. Chelsea has actually had personal experience with an eating disorder. It's true. So she's going to tell us about her experience. Um, I have personally never struggled with an eating disorder, um, but I have definitely had a bad relationship with food I think at certain points in my life and have been self-conscious about my body and all yeah, of that like good said, stuff. Yeah, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. So, well, what do you mean when you say it's a spectrum? Maybe explain that a little more. I just don't want people to completely separate themselves from it if they are kind of struggling like you said like maybe with just emotional eating or similar things where they're like, "Well, I don't have an eating disorder." Like I'm not anorexic. I don't like throw up after I eat, like so I'm fine. It's okay to still educate yourself about it. Yeah, it's okay to still like be aware of it and that it is a possibility. Not that it's like looming over you, but that it's a spectrum of like not black and white. Right. Like you do or you don't. Sometimes it's like, well, I'm not full fledged in the hospital, but I'm still struggling a little bit internally with it. Right. So definitely. Because definitely when I think of an eating disorder, I think of, oh, you either don't eat or you throw up your food. That's what I think. And I think there's so much more to it than that, which I didn't – honestly wasn't very educated about until you had your experience and kind of shared that with me. Then I – that's when I realized that eating disorders were more than, you know, just bulimia or just anorexia. Which is important because I didn't know until I read online what they were and I'm like, oh – I have an eating disorder. I didn't think that that was possible because I'm not anorexic. Right. So. You didn't realize that what you were doing was yeah. Yeah, considered an eating disorder. So um, I'm going to read a few definitions. And where did these come from again, Chels? Um, I believe it's National Eating Disorders Association. Okay. So um, I just – we wanted to read the definitions of the major eating disorders, um, kind of the most – I almost said the most famous. That's the <laughs> yeah, worst the word. most frequent. Just the most – Yeah. Most common, I guess, um, eating disorders. So 
Because we just want everyone to know, obviously, we are not doctors. We are not, like, certified to give anyone advice or, like, you know, tell you what exactly to do. We just want to bring awareness to it and talk about it and open the conversation. Definitely. So um, compulsive exercise is exercise that significantly interferes with important activities, occurs at inappropriate times or in inappropriate settings, or when the individual continues to exercise despite injury or other medical complications. The next one is binge eating, which is eating in a discrete period of time, um, example, within any two-hour period, an amount of food that is definitely larger than most people would eat during a similar period of time and under similar circumstances, a sense of lack of control over eating during the episode, um, a feeling that one cannot stop eating or control what or how much one is eating. And then purging is recurrent, inappropriate, compensatory, what, how can I, why can I not say that word? I don't even know. Something Compository? I have no idea. Compository, no, I don't know. Behavior in order. Compensating, but with Tori at the end. Yeah. Um, Behavior in order to, oh my gosh, you guys, (laughs) help me. I really need to go back to college, help me. Okay. Um, In order to prevent weight gain, such as self-induced vomiting, misuse of laxatives or other medications, fasting, or excessive exercise. I think that one's interesting, really, side note. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like you said, only picture bulimia as – or they picture eating disorder as throwing up after you eat. Yeah. But there's so many other ways to compensate. Right. So keep going. Using laxatives or just exercising a lot. Or fasting, yeah. Right. Okay, so the next one is bulimia nervosa, a serious, potentially life-threatening eating disorder characterized by a cycle of binging and behaviors such as self-induced vomiting designed to undo or compensate for the effects of binge eating. The binge eating and inappropriate behaviors both occur on average at least once a week for three months. Self-evaluation is influenced by body shape and weight. Anorexia nervosa, an eating disorder characterized by weight loss weight loss or lack of appropriate weight gain in growing children, um, difficulties maintaining an appropriate body weight for height, age, and stature, and in many individuals, distorted body image. People with anorexia generally restrict the number of calories and the type of food they can eat. Some people with the disorder also exercise compulsively, purge via vomiting and laxatives, and or binge eat. Is that all of them? Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more. Um, (laughs) Like, Did you read them all? (laughs) So, orthorexia. The term orthorexia was coined in 1998 and means an obsession with proper or healthful eating. Although being aware of and concerned with the nutritional quality of the food you eat is not a problem in and of itself, people with orthorexia become so fixated on so-called healthy eating that they actually damage their own well-being. That's an interesting one. It is. It's It's interesting that it was diagnosed or coined as it says, in 1998 because that's when all the fad diets happened. Mm. And so back in the day, nobody in caveman times was like, oh, you're eating that branch? I'm eating this one. I'm so much better. So it's something that's newer, which is kind of sad. That is sad. Well, we just wanted to read those. Like I said, if you or someone you know is struggling and like not sure, just for me at least, I was living a certain way and didn't know that I could live another way. Like I didn't know there was something better out there. I just thought that that was normal. And then I read these and it gave me hope. Like, oh my gosh, I do have a problem. I need to fix it. So tell us basically about your your situation and how you think it got started, when it got started, and just kind of 
The lowdown. Yeah, that, yeah, the lowdown. So it's really hard because I've tried to write blog posts about it for a long time, but there's just so much. So every time I try and write, I just like go on and on and on. And then I'm like, oh, I only get to when I'm 18 and it's been five pages because there's just so much that goes into that it. That led up to it. Yeah. So just briefly, I'll just like break it down for you. So I feel like growing up, I was pretty carefree. Like mm-hmm. I didn't care, but I remember from a young age thinking I was big. Like, mm-hmm. next to other kids. Like, I was shorter. Like I was always the last one in line at the yearbook pictures. You know, you have to, like, line up. Yeah. Oh, to size. trust me. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I was always, like, one of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But I felt big. I don't know if I felt like my head was big or I felt like my shoulders were big. I don't know. You Did you feel fat or just, like, a bigger – you just felt bigger boned or something? Not fat. I just wished I was more petite. Okay. I remember thinking that at a young age. Not like it overwhelmed me. But I don't know if it was from, like, movies or what. Anyways, I just remember that mm-hmm. growing up. But I, for the most part, I was very active, carefree, played sports, didn't think about it at all. Um, until even 7th and 8th grade, didn't care until I got to high school is when I feel like it really started to sink in. For a lot of people, you start to go through puberty. Um, I think that's when I started to get boobs and hips. And I'm like, whoa, that's not what I want right now. Even though that's weird. Like, some girls want that, but – If you're wanting to be small, that's not what you want. Side note, my dad is a health nut. You know, he literally eats broccoli for breakfast. I have not seen Literally have memories of like having sleepovers on Chelsea's couch and just like waking up to the smell of like spinach and broccoli. Literally raw, not even cooked. (laughs) He's crazy. But um, so that was always kind of my I wanted to that. When I was little, I didn't know that dads were allowed to eat ice cream. Like, I would see my dad's friends eating ice cream, and I just thought that all dads weren't allowed to eat sugar. So I'd be like, what is your dad doing? Like, this is so crazy. Anyways, so high school, I did sports. I was working out all the time because we did dance. Mm -hmm. I did swim. I went to dance after school. Very active. Yeah, active all the time. Like, so many hours of exercise a week. I ate whatever the heck I wanted. Like, my family was, like, pretty healthy. We never had a ton of snacks. Side note, when people are, like, shocked when they gain weight in college, I'm like, it's because, I mean, if you do sports in high school, like, it's like, we, you work out so many hours, you are bound to gain weight after because you're not going to be working out that much. There's, like, no possible way to be as active. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. Anyway. No, That's just a side note. Because I gained weight. I gained, like, 15 pounds. Yeah, freshman 15. Yes, and it's so real. Um, I remember in high school, too – we were in dance one time and our dance teacher, I had been sick. And I think this is when it started where I started to really try to be skinny. Is I remember our dance teacher, I had been sick with like the strep throat or something. And so I wasn't eating very much. And I went back to school and I remember her saying, wow, did like, did you lose some weight? Like you look so good. You look so skinny. Hmm. And I was like, well, I was sick. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then that like <laughs> fed the fire. I was like, oh, I just need to not eat literally. Like, like you're I getting compliments restrict. on being skinny. So yeah, like, oh, okay. exactly. So I remember thinking like I want my thighs to be tiny. Like I need my legs to be tiny. And it's funny because no matter how many times people tell you something so nice, like I remember even you, you would always call me my legs, but I'm like, no, my thighs are huge. Like it doesn't matter what other people say. Yeah. Chelsea is the nicest leg I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so anyways, that was kind of high school. I remember running after school every day, like my junior year. I do remember you doing that. Yeah, like running every day. I would bring like two slices of bread to my first hour with peanut butter on it and like nibble on it. And then lunch I had 
two pieces of bread, like two pieces of like flat skinny bread with like lettuce, tomato, and like a piece of turkey. Mm-hmm. And I would like nibble on them so they would last longer. And then I'd get home after work or work <laughs> um, after dance. And then I would eat dinner, whatever my mom made. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't crazy. I didn't have any like super bad habits then, but I definitely was conscious of it. Yeah. And I was definitely always wanting to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So that was high school. <laughs> after high school is really when things started to go downhill, like you said. It's shocking. Yeah. I wasn't doing swim. I wasn't doing dance. I was all, all of a sudden going to community college. My life was like, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. Like, everything changed. So many changes. Yeah. It's stressful. And also me being kind of a person that wants to be a little more controlling and a little bit more OCD and have everything planned out exactly. When you don't know what the heck you're doing with your life, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. So you compensate by eating and, like, eating your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember after I graduated and I started going to CGCC, mm-hmm. both of us did. Mm-hmm. I went for I lasted days. only a little bit longer than you did. Um, I just wanted to change something. I just felt like I was gaining weight. I noticed my face was getting a little fatter. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not as toned as I used to be, but I didn't really know what to do about it at that point. I was just like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I didn't know how to go to the gym. It is daunting. Like, I mean, I guess it's just an excuse, but you're like, I don't know how to work out. Like, I don't know how to lose weight. I feel like the definitely the easiest solution would just be like, okay, I just need to eat less because it's like, yeah, I, I mean, in my head, it's like, I don't know how all the machines work at the gym. Like, I'm oh, not gonna be yeah, able to so like, scary. like, I don't know. So I feel like that is some people's mentality. Like, oh well, I guess I just need to not eat as much sometimes. Yeah, or because I don't want to have to work out. Yeah. Yeah, or I don't want to, or I can't. Yeah. Or it's not going to do enough because eating definitely does it faster than working out, I feel like. Yeah. Then there was kind of like a whirlwind where I moved to California. I lived with my Nana, which was awesome. But at the same time, I was like kind of feeling lonely. I didn't know still what I was going to do. So I was constantly eating and I was gaining weight, like for sure gaining weight. Not that anyone said anything to me, but like I just – sensed that yeah I just sensed it like even when I would go home like not that my family would say anything at all but I just felt like okay I'm just not cute anymore oh like and that's honestly like what I would feel like like okay well that was fun in high school but yeah those good days are gone um I moved home I think that summer Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) are you already crying no I'm not And then I moved back to Utah. That's when me and you moved to Utah together. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's really when things started to get bad. Because at that point, we were dating and... We were dating... Dating is so hard. Like, you mean just we were dating random people? Yeah, yes. yeah. We started going out on different dates. Right. Like meeting new people. There's a whole world, especially in Utah. It's hard because there are so many beautiful girls there. I mean, there's beautiful girls everywhere. But yeah. especially where BYU is. That's where I was living. I wasn't going to BYU, but... I lived in BYU housing and you're just it's like a college town and there's lots of just like cute, pretty yeah, girls, girls. and all of a sudden you're like in high school, you're like, okay, like I'm doing good. And then you get to college and they're like, oh, I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I have a perfect body. I have perfect hair, I have perfect face. And there's millions of them. Yeah. And it's so hard to keep up. Intimidating. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm getting my law degree, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm yeah. in communications. Like, yeah. Anyways. So that's when I remember starting to binge. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what binging was. But I remember late nights feeling so depressed, feeling so sad, feeling inadequate, comparing myself to everybody. 
And so I would try and eat healthy. And I remember my mom saying like, I know you feel kind of sad because I can tell that you're sad that you've gained a little weight, but this is your time. You got to pick yourself up. And Mm -hmm. she was like trying to motivate me. And so I got to Utah and I was expecting to be really healthy. And I was expecting to make this big change Mm -hmm. and I didn't. And so it made it even worse that I was like, I'm still gaining weight. So by that winter, I had lived in Utah for six months and I had gained probably 30 pounds since high school. Really? Which I'm only 5'4", which is a lot on a 5'4 person. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. You can tell. My clothes from high school didn't fit anymore. I remember getting on the scale one day and looking down and seeing how much I weighed and just running into my room crying. (laughs) I'm already crying, but like, which is not something to cry about right now, but um, like just that feeling of like, (laughs) sorry, anytime I cry, JC instantly starts crying. Instantly tears. Anyways. (laughs) Awesome. Um... After that, I was kind of like, okay, I need to get myself together. Yeah. And at the time, I was kind of in a bad relationship. I wasn't in an actual relationship, which was kind of the bad part where I felt like this guy that I was kind of seeing, he would just use me. And I felt like he would say things around me like, well, I just like tall, skinny, blonde girls. And I'm like, well, I'm actually the opposite of that. So like, (laughs) you hate me. Yeah. And I really liked him. And he just was whatever. So I realized at that point, I'm like, I am only accepting the love that I think I deserve and I need better and I deserve better. And my mom, (laughs) I'm going to be constantly crying. So I need to man up. Um, Man up. (laughs) I remember my mom saying like, don't give anyone else the power. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Don't give anyone else the power to like change your life. Like you have all the power. Yeah. Like already in you. So I feel like that's when really things started to go up for the most part. Up. Like good. Okay. For the most part. For a little bit. So then I kept living in Utah. I was happier. I dropped out of school, which made me very happy. (laughs) I was doing music at the time too. So this is a side note. I was performing a lot locally and being on stage and people would take pictures, obviously, like of you singing and they'd post on Facebook. Yeah. And I would be mortified. Like I would untag myself like so fast and all the pictures. I'm like, I am a whale. Like I'm huge. I hate everything about myself. And I had like darker hair at the time because I feel like I wanted like long dark hair to kind of cover me up almost. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, like it was almost like my guard. Yeah. Anyway, so then I started to explore veganism a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's when things got a little better for a little bit. I first started out as vegetarian and then I went to veganism. I didn't restrict myself at that point. I was just making healthier choices, which worked for a good while. So I was starting to lose a little bit of weight. I had probably lost like 10 pounds um, from my my heaviest and I – so. At that time, I was like, okay, things are going good. I started to go to the gym. I started mm-hmm. to like – I started doing Kayla Edsinas or – I don't know how to say her last name. To this day, I still don't know. Yeah. The bikini body guy. Yeah, bikini body guy. I started doing that. I was like feeling really good and exercising definitely helps. And then I moved home for the summer and I started working out nonstop. I started being obsessed with it. I started being obsessed with food. I would do juice cleanses. I was losing weight. I was feeling really good. And at that point, I was mentally still in a pretty good place. I felt like if I would have just kept there, I would have been fine. Mm -hmm. And that's when I met my husband. Well, I didn't meet him, but I started dating him again. Mm -hmm. At that point, I kind of started to love myself again. And Mm -hmm. side note, me and my husband had dated. Before. Yeah, before. Like a year before when I was in like probably the worst state of mind. And he was so – he was an angel child. He was so nice to me. And I just couldn't handle it because I didn't think that I deserved that. Yeah. 
And at the time, I didn't know that that's what it was, but I was kind of like, you're too nice. Like, I can't do this right now. I can't give it back to you. Because you didn't love yourself enough, I feel like, to, yeah. to feel like you deserved that. Exactly. And he was a saint. Mm-hmm. And so I chose – I was like, no, no, no. And then I started dating other people that treated me crappy yeah. because that's what I thought I needed. That's right. what I thought I deserved. Anyway, so then I started talking to him again, trying to literally beg him to marry me. <laughs> and um, I was feeling really good. I remember I went to California. Like, I felt good in a swimsuit, but I was still a little bit, like, unsure. And then we started dating, and things were pretty fine. I feel like it went kind of numb for a little bit, but my binging was still happening all the time. I would want to go home early so I could eat. Mm-hmm. Like, if we were on a date, I'd be like, okay. It's 11 o'clock, time for me to go home and binge. Would you purposely not eat a lot when you were, like, on the date so that you could eat more later? Or did that not really... No, for sure. Okay. Definitely. I'd be like, no, 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 I can't. And I was vegan at the time and trying to experiment with, like, how restrictive I should be. So I Mm -hmm. definitely would not eat half as much. Mm -hmm. And then I would go home, (laughs) spoonfuls of peanut butter with chocolate chips, chips, like tortilla chips. Um, I'm trying to think what else I would binge on all the time. Anything we had, crackers, fig bars, like literally anything that's carby. Side note, something that I learned is when you're feeling depressed or sad, carbohydrates have serotonin. Mm. And so that's why you tend to like lean towards carbohydrates as a choice when you're binging. Interesting. Because you're trying to like soothe yourself. I think it's serotonin. Don't correct me if I'm wrong, but. Don't correct me. Yeah. So wait, it when you were binging – I guess you'll probably get to this point, but like, when did you realize that that was not a normal thing? Because, yeah, what did, what did you think of it as? Like, oh, I just like to go home and eat because like it's fun. Like, why did I you thought think- it was normal? Yeah, I don't know. So, I remember going home and eating until my stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want to go home and eat everything. Like, my family always had always had beans. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? No, uh, really. my family always had beans. Yeah, and salsa and guacamole, and I would just eat tons with tortilla chips, peanut butter until my stomach literally hurt so so bad so binging doesn't always because that's not necessarily unhealthy no binging doesn't necessarily have to be all cakes and cookies right it's it could even be like fruit yeah it's literally exactly what that um the definition said definition said yeah let me look really fast um an amount of food that is definitely larger than most people would eat during a similar period of time and under similar circumstances a sense of lack of control over eating during the episode so i would say an episode is within any two-hour period okay so you're just just, eating way more than normal yeah you're almost out i like the best way i can explain you're almost watching yourself do it that's so interesting. and you're literally a vacuum like i literally would feel like a vacuum and then afterwards i would be so distraught that you ate that much i would feel so disgusting I'm like, I'm a swine. I'm so out of control. Like, I have no control of my life. I'm a failure. Like, so many negative thoughts, like, go over. So so did you realize, like, oh, every time I do this, I regret it? Why? Like, I probably shouldn't do it tonight, but it was, like, a guilty pleasure yeah, kind it's, of thing? It's hard to explain if you haven't, like, felt it, but as soon – you know it's a cycle. I know I know it to a very small degree. Yeah. Because I have – Definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't know if I'd consider it binging, but probably. Yeah. Like I've definitely, Most people have binged, but I, it's I've not. Probably, yeah. yeah, I've I've gone home and eaten way too much and then felt way way too guilty. Yeah. No, but that's it's definitely binging, not been yeah. like 
something that I've done every night or something. Yeah. But like occasionally I've definitely done that. When I'm do you stressed, feel like it's, okay, I was going to say, do you feel like it's like egged on by stress or emotions? I think so. Yeah. I think if I've had like a stressful long day and then I'm just like, I just need some freaking donuts or something. Yeah. Like I just want to like eat because that's like, yeah, just like it's good. Like I have a sweet tooth. It just kind of makes me happy for a second. But I've definitely gone to the point where I felt very guilty. I should not have done that. But I've never thrown it up or been yeah. to that point. But I've definitely felt guilty. I mean, yeah, like, I'm not doing that again. That was not okay. Yeah. If it's happened, like, every once in a while, it's okay if you're really good at bouncing back from it. Yeah. Like, don't beat yourself up every single time it happens because it's like, it's okay. That's normal. Like, to eat sometimes happen more in life. And should. sometimes we go to our vices. And yeah. if we are really good at bouncing back, like, okay we forgive ourselves for it that's the main thing right most of the times I wouldn't forgive myself for it and I would just beat myself up about it which made me do it again right it's so it's just like a vicious cycle that's so hard to get out of okay Interesting. so I remember one night with Nick who was my fiance at the time and I he touched my stomach like under my shirt don't listen, mom. <laughs> he like touched my stomach under my shirt and I flinched because my stomach is one of my biggest areas that I was so insecure about. I've never had a flat stomach. I've never been able to get a six pack and I always just feel like it's just not cute. And so he touched my stomach and I like flinched so bad and I was like, don't. And he was like, are you okay? And at this point we had been together a long time. So he kind of had noticed my, you know, tendencies. Yeah. And he asked me, he's like, do you have an eating disorder? Which, you know, might not be the best thing to say to someone if you're expecting it, like, just straight up. But he – I feel like the way he said it was very compassionate. He yeah. He was like, do you have an eating disorder? And at that point, I had been thinking maybe I did, but I had separated it – it's like, separated that from myself so far. Yeah. Like, there's no way I have that because I'm not anorexic. And I just started bawling Aww. when he asked me. And I was like, well, probably. Yeah, well, <laughs> since I'm I, bawling. Yeah, since I feel like this. Yeah. And so I went home and I researched it. And I found like the definition for binge eating with purging tendencies. Okay. Because I would do that where I would binge and then I would fast. And then – so if I binged really bad one night, I wouldn't eat the next day until like – a certain time or I would go and run. I had a Fitbit and I would go run until I like fat, until I burned the amount of calories that I'd eaten. Mm. Or um I never took laxatives, but I don't think I've ever really admitted this to anybody, but I would take um my husband's medicine, Adderall, mm -hmm. because it suppresses your appetite. Yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, I think I have ADHD. I think I need it. And so I'd take a little bit and then it was just mostly because I wanted to suppress my appetite. Which is very, very bad. And if you do that, please – okay, first of all, this is a way side note. If any of you are suffering with anything, please tell somebody that you love and trust. Yeah. And that it's nonjudgmental and get help. Like go tell your doctor. Go tell somebody and get help because just know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you need a support system. So even if it's your teacher or your friend. Just anyone that if you're, you trust. If you think your parents aren't going to be okay with it or say like, no, you don't. Just tell someone. It'll feel so much better when you say it. And then once you get help. Anyways. And I feel like once you say it, it's like out there and you're like, okay, now I can start kind of like trying overcome to. Overcome it. Yeah, yeah exactly. This. That's exactly what it is. It's like once it's funneled from your brain and you say it, all of a sudden it becomes something that you can defeat because mm -hmm. you're like identifying it. Right. I don't remember exactly how it went after that, but basically my husband was 
or he was my fiance at the time and he was so nice about it and he was like helping me, but I didn't do anything about it because I was like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm okay. Like I don't have it that bad. And I remember telling my parents and um, I'm going to kind of jump to like one of the questions here because it just kind of applies. Someone said, how do I tell my parents? And that is kind of hard because especially if you're not super open with your parents, mm-hmm. they love you, but you don't just like go out and say stuff to them like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. It's so hard. Like I was so scared, but I told – I asked my mom and dad to come to my room. And I was like, I just need to tell you something. Like I think I have an eating disorder. Like I read them what it was. And your parents might not even be up to date on what eating disorders are. Right. Like my mom and dad kind of had no clue. Yeah. Until I read what it was and my mom was like – my mom was so like, yes, okay. Like if you want help. Like I think – they were also like, no, you're beautiful. Like you're fine. Because yeah. they want to – they don't want to be like, yeah, you have a serious issue. Right. And I remember my dad being like, no, you don't. Almost but like – But not in a mean way. Just no, like, not in no, a mean way at all. Fine. Like just being like, no, you're fine. Like you're strong. You can – whatever. And I remember almost like being upset. Like please just accept that I have an issue. Like yeah. I need you to be behind me. Like it's – I'm like it's okay that I do. I'm yeah. not going to be mad if you're like, yeah. Yeah. You have bulimia. Anyway, so how do you tell your parents? I feel like – That's such a hard I one. I don't have good advice for that. I just – just takes five seconds of bravery. Just be like, okay, if you're so scared, just five, four, three, two, one, just go tap your mom on the shoulder and be like, can I tell you something? Yeah. And it's even if you say awkwardly, like, I have an eating disorder, like <laughs> a robot, you turn into <laughs> like a robot real fast, it's fine. Anyway, so I told my parents, but I was also engaged getting ready for a wedding. So I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I don't need to go to therapist. I'm fine. Like, I'll just work through. I just want you guys to know that I think that it's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. So the whole Adderall thing, I stopped. Um, thank goodness. And when my husband started to realize I did not have ADHD. Yeah. He's well, like, I definitely do have a little bit of attention, but it's not. Sorry, guys. We lost the power to our mics, but we are back now coming at you live. Actually, yeah. this isn't live, but we're coming, coming back. at you live. <laughs> we just want to jump back into it. Yeah. So dun, dun, dun. into the middle of the story. So I'm trying to remember. You exactly. were talking about like the Adderall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like after I told my parents and I think st- things started to get better, I didn't like go to therapy or anything, but I was more aware of it. I started to go to the library and I started to check out books about um, eating disorders. And that's when I really got educated because before when I grew up, it was something I saw in movies. It was something that I had heard about, but I never knew anybody personally that told me at least that they had one. So I just figured it was some foreign thing. Anyway, so I just want to add to um, – I'm not trying to throw my husband out of the bus here about the Adderall thing. So it actually was Vyvanse, and I don't want anybody here to not be like – Not Adderall. It's a different medication. Yeah, it's not Adderall. It's a different medication but for okay. ADHD. Um, and Vyvanse is also – I believe – don't quote me on this, but don't correct me if I'm wrong. If it's – I think it's prescribed for people with severe binge eating disorders who it's like really – I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. But – Anyway, so that's why I was taking it as well because I figured like, oh, I just self-medicate myself, which is not good. Again, not good, not good. Anyways, so where was I? Okay, so we're engaged. I'm getting ready for a wedding. I need to fit into a wedding dress at that point. So I'm still feeling good. I'm still binging. Um, but you're, but so I'm you, aware of it at this point. You are aware. Yeah, so I know what I'm doing. I know that that's what it is. Um, and binging also is weird because you plan it. Like, once you start planning it and hiding wrappers, that's when you know it's bad. Like, 
I would be like, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Like I would spend so much money on grocery stores, like going to buy treats and little things that I found that I liked. So I figured I could binge on rice cakes, like unsalted, unflavored rice cakes. And because I you were like, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I had like 15 calories. So I was like a queen of counting calories, a queen of um, binging on things that didn't, I feel like, affected my calorie intake that much. Right. So if I ate a million rice cakes, it wouldn't be detrimental. Bad. Yeah. But I was still um, binging and then I would either fast, um, sometimes I'd take laxative tea, sometimes I would take – or sometimes I would go to the gym and run until I figured, you know – how many calories I needed to burn, et cetera. That went on for a couple months. I was planning my wedding. I was super excited to get married. So at this point, are you like hiding that from Nick or is he just like aware of it or does he? I'm definitely hiding most of it from everybody. I didn't really talk to anybody. Yeah. The binging, I would hide wrappers. If they were in like my car, I would get rid of them immediately because I did not want someone to come into my car, see all these like wrappers in there and be like whoa what did you do in here yeah because I was so embarrassed of what I was doing yeah did Nick ever like ask you is he like how's it going like because he knew you were binging at that point I don't like my memory on that is not so clear I just remember him so this will come later in the story but while we were engaged he didn't see it that much so we lived at our own houses right 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 so and so we didn't like I could go home and binge and I wouldn't really tell him Mm, okay okay like I rarely told anybody so this was mostly with just myself. My parents knew, and I would, like, sometimes bring it up, but I feel like for the most part, no one really took it seriously, which is not their fault. But I also just wanted to keep it a secret. So as we get close to the wedding, I start to get nuts. Do you remember at all, like, my diet at that point? I remember I don't that. Because you were also planning for your wedding at the same time. Yeah. So we were both very It was very a very busy. busy time. But is that the point when you cut out all oil? Yeah, so at this point, I didn't eat any sugar. So I was a vegan, strictly, I want to say my breakfast was two rice cakes, maybe three, with peanut butter on it, like just a tiny bit, because I knew exactly two tablespoons of peanut butter is 180 calories. So I knew that I could only eat one and a half tablespoons, because I would always eat like a tablespoon extra after. So I was like, okay, I better just be safe. So I put that on my rice cakes, and then I knew exactly how many calories it was. Then for lunch, I'd have maybe an apple and... Um, steamed veggies. My dad always made steamed veggies. So it'd be like steamed beets, steamed um, cauliflower, broccoli. And I'd put that on lentils um, with salsa and I'd eat that for lunch. And then dinner kind of varied because like me and Nick would go out to eat all the time or I'd make something or whatever. Dinner was kind of always like a little bit more out there, but I definitely, when I went out to eat, I'd get like a house salad with no dressing. So I cut all oil out. I cut all sugar out besides fruit. Oh my goodness. I, it's hard for me to even believe and remember exactly what I ate because it was so restrictive. And the bad part was like the compliments were flying in. Yeah. Like I would post on Instagram and I, I had lost all the weight by then. So people were like, oh my gosh, you look so tiny. Looks so, like the word tiny when people yes. said that, like just fueled me. Like, you look so tiny. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. They're yeah. Like, skinny like, mini. And I'm like, yes, yes, Like, yes. that's been your goal the whole time yeah, to look exactly. tiny. So, so I'm like, like, I'm doing it. This is working. At the same time, my skin has never been better when I got rid of oil completely, mm. which I'll talk about later. But my skin was awesome. Like, I was going to yoga, hot yoga, for an hour and a half every day. And then I would go to the gym for an hour every single day. So I was in phenomenal shape. And... 
just like so excited. I feel like my mental state wasn't even that bad because I wasn't even focused on it that much because I was so focused on my wedding. Like I didn't realize, not that it wasn't bad, but I just didn't realize at that Mm -hmm. time because I was so focused on like my wedding and getting married. And so I feel like it was just like progressively kind of creeping up on me. And then after I got married, we moved to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And so it was like this huge shock. Like I'm away from my family. I'm married. And all of a sudden you realize when you're married that there's a person that's with you all the time. Right. And so all these things that you would go home and hide, like my binging, I could no longer hide. Right. Me crying every single night about like me hating myself, I could no longer hide that. Yeah. So he would see me and he would literally, he was the sweetest angel baby of husbands. He would like hold me every night and like didn't know what to say because when people want to, when you're going through it, what you want to say to people is you're beautiful. Yeah. How do you not realize you're so beautiful? Like he'd be like, I love you. Like, am I not showing showing you you how beautiful you are? Like, I love you so much. And it's like, it doesn't matter what people say. You have to believe it for yourself. You're right. This is when it, I feel like it got the worst, truly, is right after I got married because I was so aware of it and I realized how big of a problem it was and how unhealthy my whole life was. I couldn't – we would go out to eat with friends and I would just be staring at what everyone else was eating. Like, I just wish so bad I could eat that. And then I would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to get a salad with vinaigrette and a side of lemons with water. Like, I would get like a ton of lemons – Cause that's like all I could eat, and I'm just like so hungry. So I would like eat that, and then I'd go home, and be so hungry, and just be thinking about it constantly. I remember having dreams about food. That's when you know it's real bad. Just because you were so hungry, yeah, I was you weren't so hungry, enough. so restricted. Um, were you sticking to a certain calorie intake per day? Were you like, this is how many calories I want to eat? Yeah, okay. I was, but then I would do it so well throughout the day. And then I'd be so hungry, and I would binge like crazy. So I was still binging all the time. Okay. So my weight was fluctuating like crazy. Like I would gain like five pounds and then lose five pounds and then gain like seven pounds and then lose like eight pounds. Like it was just like all over the board. And so after like two months of that, me just being at my absolute worst, so depressed, staying home, crying. I remember like getting in the shower and dodging the mirror as I like was taking off my clothes, like dodging the mirror because I just hated myself. Like oh, I didn't, so sad. <laughs> I did not want to see like what it was. And you were like not even in bad shape at that no, point. No, at that point I was in the best shape I thought, but yeah. at that point I was still like it's not good enough. Like I still am so ugly and so huge. Mm. Like I would just like look at myself and be like nope, nope, nope. So I would literally like dodge the mirror to like get into the shower, cry the whole time in the shower, just like oh, so, so And I it's so weird that like right after I got married you think it'd get better cuz like I'm so happy right. but it goes back to the baseline of happiness. Mhm where you have this baseline where you're at constantly and that's where you have to work to stay at because if anything really good happens in your life, it's going to go up. Your happiness level. Yes, your happiness level is going to shoot up for a second. Like you buy a car, it shoots up. You win the lottery, it shoots up. You get married, it shoots up. And And then it always goes back to that baseline, even for the opposite. So if something really bad happens, like a tragedy, goes down for a while then it always goes back up so to just your baseline of happiness just yeah so the thing is trying to get that baseline up right so after I got married the down was even worse because I was like okay my wedding's over like I'm married and then it was like okay but I'm still living like I'm still trying to do my life like not everything doesn't change everything yeah yeah exactly it doesn't make everything perfect it's just like an addition so at that point it was just getting so bad where I'm like I absolutely need help Because I would 
go to the gym. I would look at myself. I would catch myself in the mirror at the gym and be like, you are disgusting. Mm. And the th- it's just so crazy to think about the negative thoughts that I was thinking because now when I think about it, I'm like, you are so mean. Yeah. Like to myself, I say that. Like you were a bully. Like that's so mean. Can you imagine saying that to a child? Else? Like you are so ugly. You are huge. Yeah. You're a failure. You can't get control of your life. And that's what it is too. It's like I can't. I have no control. Yeah. Anyway, so that's when I really started to get help. So I went to – I started going to therapy and oh, everyone needs to go therapy yeah. first of all. Therapy is amazing no matter what it is in your life. Couples therapy, regular therapy, just go <laughs> no matter what because it's just so nice to talk to somebody who's not – like biased. someone close to you. Yeah, who's not like, no, what are you talking about? Who's someone just like very like neutral about it. So I had the best therapist. Well, first of all, I told my doctor. So if you're wondering like how do I go about this, I went to my doctor first and I told her. Well, first of all, I told her I was like, I think I have an eating disorder. Um, She kind of asked me my symptoms. Mm-hmm. I kind of explained them to her. And anxiety also runs in my family. So I told her that. And she's like, okay, well, it's probably just anxiety. And even then, like, when when people tell you, like, no, you don't, you're just like, can you just believe me? Like, yeah. can you just trust me? Like, I'm not trying to be a victim. I'm just trying to get help. Like, right. it's taking me a while to get here. Can you just validate me? Yeah. I mean, that doctor was great and all, but. So she recommended me to a therapist, like, who was a specialist in anxiety and eating disorders. Mm. And so she was made for me. <laughs> and she was awesome. Like, I went to um started going to sessions started to feel really good but it doesn't something that I learned there is that it's not like an overnight thing like where I don't have it anymore right it's something that we had to work up to getting my calories up we had to work on like what my triggers were for binging I still binged when I was in therapy but it's nice also to have that accountability Mm -hmm. knowing that you're going to go back to your therapy therapist and like want to be like okay I'm doing better right and not like I'm doing worse and worse and worse. So that was also helpful because I'm very motivated by others too. Like others keeping holding me accountable. Some people are more self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And some people like being held accountable. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely one of those people. So it's it was good for me to have that. So after San Diego, I stopped going to therapy because we moved away. And I got a dog. I got my dog, Sophie. And honestly, <laughs> when I cry about my dog. But yeah. honestly, like she was the best thing. Because it was like everyone listening is like are you kidding me it's a dog <laughs> no but, it's like but what she you told me like she even my therapist was telling me like maybe you should get a service animal because it'll give you something to do it'll give you something to like take care of get your mind off of yourself because mm-hmm. at the same time it's weird because you know you're being so vain and that was also part of it where I felt so guilty that I cared so much about yourself? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, why does it matter so much? Like, why am I being so selfish? Why am I being so vain? Like, I feel so bad that God gave me this, like, precious body and I literally hate it. I'm like, can I have another one? Like, what What did you do? Like, and so I felt so bad. Anyway, so I think we moved to Arizona right after that. And I was still binging and I had Sophie. Um, Oh, that's what I was talking about. Sorry. Kind of went off on a tangent there. Yeah. Um, anyways, I got Sophie and... She was a puppy, so I was so excited. Like, I, it got me up every morning. It kind of got me on a schedule. And Nick was working a ton that summer, too. So it was like I didn't have a lot of friends there. It was just like such a huge change and a shock. 
so it kind of got me in this like, okay, I'm not everything, (laughs) you know, like there are other things to live for. Not that I put my whole life into my dog, but kind of in a way it was like what I needed. I remember even going back to therapy after I got her and I brought Sophie with me. And my therapist was like, that was really good. Like I can tell by your demeanor, like that, that, that was really things good. are going a little bit better. Yeah. And it's just somebody that's like, people make fun of people with, for like loving their dogs and stuff. Yeah. And you know, there is definitely a certain extent where it's like right. that a dog, not yeah. a human. But at the same time, it's, they're just so <laughs> pure yeah. and innocent and like, they're just so in the moment. And they like love you unconditionally. Yeah, also. exactly. They don't care. Like I, I would even think that as dumb as it sounds like Dogs don't care if you're fat. Like, yeah. they literally love you no matter what. They they could love a fat person just as much as they love a skinny person. Just love, the, like, yeah, anybody. Anyone. And so I started being like, okay. And then I would start to read a lot of self-help books. Mm-hmm. So I read um, Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. I don't – I probably butchered his name too. <laughs> but um, that was a really good one. It helped me kind of realize, like, what was sabotaging me. Mm-hmm. So I started to become aware of self-sabotage and, like, binging was definitely obviously one. I was definitely still binging, but I was noticeably getting better. Mm-hmm. So then the binging episodes kind of got less frequent. Um, just a side note, too. I want to say at my worst, I would binge five to six times a week. I know others have it worse and others have it better, but mine was probably at least once a day. Some days it wasn't because I was with Nick all day. Like Sundays I didn't because – and it's almost like a – I wish I was alone right now so I could binge. That's when I knew that it was like, okay, that's not good. Like I want to be alone and secluded so I can binge. Like I want to go home so I can eat my feelings. Anyway, so then we moved to Arizona. Things were getting better. Um, I was going to yoga. Like I, I feel like yoga definitely is something that helps a lot especially for my kind of personality. It just like really grounds me, brings me back into the moment, uh, makes me kind of realize like what is important. And then I want to say like the part that my healing started was definitely therapy, first of all, but also when I started to want it. Someone said this as well in an email, like therapy works, but only if you want it to. Mm Mm-hmm. So sometimes you don't want to get like at first I didn't want to get help because I'm like that means I'm gonna have to gain weight. Yeah, so it's you're like scary. Mm-hmm. If you that's your biggest fear, you're like mm, no. Yeah, I they're gonna make it. me eat. Like they're gonna make me have more calories. They're gonna make me do something different, which is very irrational because I feel like now I gain weight like not half as fast because I'm not stressed about it. Yeah, I honestly believe that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we moved to Arizona, got better, and then I wanted to kind of get my life together. Mm-hmm. just in general because I didn't have a strong plan of like what I wanted to do career-wise. Um, I didn't want to just like depend on my husband. Like he was – he has his own career. He's like so awesome and successful. And I was like, okay, but I want to be successful. Like I want to do something that I feel good doing. And so I decided to go to health coaching school. So um, someone – one of my friends actually told me about it. They're like, you should go to IN and check it out. And so I was like, okay. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, health coaching. And for those of you that don't know, health coaching is – basically keeping someone accountable, being there for someone. You're not a therapist. You're not a doctor. You're not a nutritionist, but you're there to help them with the homework of that is my best way to describe that. Okay. So you're there to help them kind of blend their life 
into all these changes that they want, if that makes sense. So you want to have them have a sustainable lifestyle instead of like just a, hey, when the doctor's like, hey, you need to eat more veggies. Bye. Have a good day. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do I do that? We help you like, okay, here are some recipes. Here's a health store. I know it can be kind of confusing. Like here's some tips to have a better routine. And then you just listen basically. So I can dive into that more later, but I wanted to help other people because I realized so many other girls go through it mm-hmm. and I felt so bad that other people go through it. I do not want anyone else to feel like how I felt. Like I do not want anybody else to hate themselves as much as I hated myself. And so I wanted to help people and I'm sure a lot of people that messaged me too and emailed me about it, they say the same thing like I just want to help as many girls as possible because you know how miserable it is. So I started practicing like affirmations, meditation, A lot of things that helped me were self-help books. Um, Then I started going to school, which was – it's the most amazing school. And if you're ever interested in health coaching, IN is the best for that, I feel like. Um, I started to listen to all these talks about it, um, about, like, balancing your life and bringing your whole life into balance. So your career, finances, relationships, social life. Um, Because health is so much more than just what you eat and how much you – you exercise. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's There's what I so had to realize. Factors. And I feel like even when I was exercising and my diet was so extreme, I feel like now I'm healthier because even though my diet is like healthy, but I still treat myself very often. Yeah. Like, and I still exercise, but I don't do it excessively. Do it crazy. I just make sure I move every day. And like, yeah. I feel like I'm in better shape and I'm healthier. I'm happier. Like a world Everything. of difference. And I guess that's just what most people want others to know when they come out of it like when they're kind of like through that healing process and they feel like they've really like overcome a lot of it Mm -hmm. is like you don't have to be there your whole life yeah like you can be better you cannot have to be stressed every day and I think that's when like the hope really started to hit me where I'm like I don't have to feel like this every day like this is not normal I can be happy and I can actually eat food and be happy about it because food is something that you encounter three times a day right And it's such a social thing, too, if, like, your friend wants to get lunch or something. And I feel like when you have an eating disorder, that's, like, terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. Because you're like, okay, what am I going to get? I don't want to eat too much. And then you're – you don't want them to be like, okay, you're not eating at all. And you don't also also want them to – I just remember seeing other people's plates of foods while we were out to eat. And they wouldn't finish. And I would just feel feel so much anxiety, almost like I wish I could eat the rest of that. Like – and I'd be like, okay – I am an animal. Like, what is wrong with me? But it's because you're hungry. You weren't yeah. like, yeah. And also you're just like so obsessed with the with it. The idea of everything. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, that's one thing that going out to eat, I feel like I restricted myself of that awesome Pleasure, experience. Honestly. Because it's something that I feel like you're used for celebration, for friends, for family, um, to bring people together, to show love. Like food is not, you know how everyone's like, food is fuel. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a good phrase because we're not machines. Right. We're humans. So food should not just be fuel. Food should be love. Like yeah. how we feed ourselves is how we are trying to tell ourselves we love ourselves. So if we're treating ourselves – like eating terribly and doing that, it's like that's not showing ourselves love. Right. Food is one of the things besides sleep that we need, like that we do and every human has to do in order to survive. Right. So why – would we have good tasting food from the earth that we just ignore? You know what I mean? Anyways, I'm sure lots of people are like, no, that's not true. But that's just how I feel. No, I definitely agree. And I think like 
that you can still love yourself and treat yourself sometimes. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, it's almost a form of loving yourself. Like, I can have a treat if I want to. But also, like you said, if you're eating horribly and you feel like crap all the time, then that's not necessarily showing your body that you love it. No, it's still feeling hatred even though you're feeding it the best quote-unquote food you can. It's still not feeling the love. Yeah. It's still like, do you hate me to your mind? Yeah, there's like two opposite spectrums where you can either be eating like crap and it's like that's showing your body that you don't love it because you're not eating any nutritional value or you're eating so healthy but you your mind's not in a healthy state. Exactly. Yeah. You have to have that connection of mind, body, and soul. And when you have like anything that's disconnecting that, that's when you know like you have to get yourself together. Like you're like, okay, I'm not going to be happy if I'm just like all over the place. Right. Um, so I don't even know if that's a good way to end my little thing because I, I'll kind of tell more tips as we read these questions that people sent in. Well, really quick, do yeah. you still feel like – you struggle with binging like you want to sometimes no. honestly i i want to say like i will emotional eat sometimes but i it's all about practice so i will notice like i'm so triggered like i really stressed i'm really sad like something will come up and i'll be like i'll turn to food now i will like eat a little bit but it's not a binge episode like far from okay. like i'll just eat a little bit and then i'll be like okay you know what i'm just eating because i'm sad like, or That's I'm just so eating because I'm bored. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to read some of these questions. So we asked you guys on JC's Instagram to send us in some questions if you have – what – do you remember exactly what the question was? I don't think I said a question. I just said, oh. like, if you guys have any experience with eating disorders or if you want – if, you if you're questions. going through one now and you have questions or if you've, you know, if you're recovering, whatever. We just wanted experiences that we could talk about and learn from. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I have some of these. So the first one, and these are all anonymous. Okay, so this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, but what kind of project are you guys doing? I am in the process of recovery from anorexia right now. I was diagnosed almost two years ago. I have always wanted to help people who suffer from eating disorders, but I don't know how and where to start. So it's like what I was saying, like girls who have been through it, they're like, I just want to help so many people because this is miserable. Yeah. And like we said, like, no, I don't know, actually, we said this, but not a lot of people talk about it. It's eating disorder is a little bit taboo until recently. Like I agree. You never saw it. So how do you think that people can help others who have gone through it? I don't know. I would say the best thing is to – it's hard because you – not everyone has this platform where you can like shout it to the world. And that's what a lot of people want to do, honestly. They want to be like, hey, I suffer from this. It really sucked. But guess what? Like there's hope for you and you can overcome it. And if you're suffering, just know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And you can do it, but you have to want to do it. So I would say the best thing to do is in your community, like I feel like anything that you want to change the world or you want to like make a difference, it starts in your inner circle. Mm -hmm. So even if you have one friend that's like kind of struggling or you know someone and you just are there for them, that's more than like anybody could ask for. Obviously, I would say be passionate and courageous and go and if you want to be a public speaker about it or you want to be an advocate for it, make a blog. Literally make a podcast, like do whatever you want to do to get the word out Raise there. Because awareness. I, yeah, the feel like the more aware people are, the more young girls that are like, okay, this is a problem. I don't have to be like this my whole life. The better, definitely. So I'd say that's my. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think that's really good, and I think just educating people, like you don't have to <laughs> tap on random people at 
yeah in public you have an eating yeah, disorder <laughs> and ask if they know about it but I feel like if the conversation ever arises at all it's like you can just like you said be creators and give your experience and just educate people whether yeah. that's through like you said through a blog or you're just in conversation with friends and just being open and vulnerable I feel like there's so much power in telling your story like to whoever yeah. it is even it, whether it's like publicly on a blog or just to a friend I remember even when you told me like I was pretty surprised yeah and also people are really good at hiding it yeah I, I mean I wasn't I knew that you like stuck to a diet and like kind of were passionate about health, but like I didn't realize that like it had gone that far. And I think that made me more compassionate towards people who have eating disorders. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my best friend had one. Like I know that that's very real. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think it just, it just helps to talk about it. Yeah. Especially in the, like your inner circle and your close friends, your family. Like I, there was a couple people who wrote in like, my sister has one. How do I help? Like And it's just goes back to acceptance. You can't change them. You can't make them better. You can't force them to go to therapy. You just have to love them. And even if it takes them 30 years to get better, you just have to keep being there for them and just telling them that you love them. And and telling them they're beautiful, it helps. Don't stop telling people that. But just know that that's not that's not – don't expect them to change from that. Okay. So that goes to another, another question. How do I feel beautiful? That's what someone asked, which literally breaks my heart. Yeah, that makes someone want to cry. Me that. So, and another one said, I feel like it's too late to do anything. First of all, this is the cheesiest line in the world, but it's literally never too late. Yeah. I don't care if it's been 20, 30, 10 years, two years, a day. Like, it's never too late. Every single second. Don't, don't even wait till tomorrow morning. No. Like, if you're not going to do it in the next couple seconds, break it down into simpler steps. So if you're like, I'm going to go to therapy tomorrow, it's like, okay, if you're not going to do that, just break it into smaller steps. Like, I'm going to say one nice thing about myself right now. Yeah. And then just take it step by step from there. Yeah. Because then it's more realistic. Um, How do I feel beautiful? Why don't you answer that question? That seriously makes me so sad. But I think um, – did I bring this up in the last episode? I don't know. But I came out with a book called Make, Make Yourself Proud. It has nothing to do with any of this stuff, but it's about social media. But, like, I have just been – I've had that phrase in my head for months. Yeah. I Just make yourself phrase. proud. And, like, that's why I named the book that because I was, like, so passionate about it. I just feel like the best thing you can do is – make yourself proud in any like for me it's like when I feel the most beautiful it's when I'm just the most proud of myself I did nice things for people today I worked out and like moved my body and is moved yeah is that even a word <laughs> when I <laughs> when I forget how to speak when we've been talking for so long that we forget what are words and what are yeah not. I truly think that if you are proud of yourself at the end of every day like you will feel beautiful because yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's the, really good. The only, the only times you're like, oh, I'm not beautiful, I'm worthless, is when you're not proud of yourself. Like mm-hmm. when you are struggling with an eating disorder, you're not proud of yourself. You're no. ashamed. Like, yeah. And that's why you feel like that, you know? And so I think to feel beautiful, you just have to make yourself proud every single day. Like whatever that means. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect and you have to run a mile. No, it and, could mean just forgive yourself. Yeah. I think in doing that, you'll find that you do feel more beautiful. Yeah. So that's my two cents. So I'm just going to read a couple stories. There were so many questions and I wish that I could go through and answer each question and tell all of you guys that you are so beautiful. You're a warrior and you can do it and there's light at the end of the tunnel and you're amazing and you're capable and you have this body and this mind and this soul like to do it. Just know that like even if we're not saying the question right now or answering you or replying right now. Just we know. read it. And yeah, we, we read it and we 
accept it and we validate it and it's real and we know that it's real all of the silly things that you think you're writing like I hate my calves like some people would like write in like I just hate my stomach or I hate my calves or I hate feel like I'm not saying that like yeah they are bad but it's like I validate that I know that you feel that way yeah it's so real it's okay to to feel that way but you can get better definitely and get help please I yeah, just please get help anyways okay so I'm gonna read how, how much time do you think it's been buckling you guys we're going all night <laughs> so this one I'm gonna keep most of these anonymous um unless they told me not to but so this girl her name's Amara Lecky I just said I'll keep you anonymous but she told me not to so <laughs> my eating disorder started when I decided to go vegan in effort to learn how to control myself when eating and become healthier it did the complete opposite Never has my health been in such terrible condition. I was running cross country at the time of being vegan and dropped a lot of weight. I was carrying, oh, sorry, dropped a lot of weight I was carrying before. The fact that I was at such a low weight made it worth being hungry and weak all the time. So kind of like the saying, what, who said that saying? Like, um, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. That is the worst phrase. Yeah. Like that's not true for a lot of people. Yeah. First of all, have you ever tasted French fries? Yeah. (laughs) Seriously though. Um, Okay, sorry, I lost my spot. Okay, the fact that I was such such low weight made it worth being hungry and weak all the time and I was only determined to lose more weight, which I didn't really have much left to lose. Being vegan drilled habits such as fear of certain foods and obsessing over every little thing I put into my body. My health got its very worst mentally and physically. After about a year of being vegan and I... After about a year of being vegan and I was... I managed to be convinced... Oh, and I was managed to be convinced to eat all foods again. From being vegan and having to convince myself of certain foods being bad for me, I came out of being vegan very, very scared, not for my health, but for getting fat. That's like what I was kind of saying. Like you kind of like, wait, I don't want to get better. Yeah. I'm literally going to get fat. Um, I was so afraid that by eating cheese and meat and fat, I would ruin my slim figure. I ate all foods again, but very little. I ate about a thousand calories a day while running cross country. Man, I was miserable. Over time, I got tired of being tired. I just wanted to feel good again about my body. Although I was at my skinniest, I was the most self-conscious I've ever been. I was also so- suffering from hypothalamic am this word <laughs> amenorrhea, which means you lost a period, so you don't get your period anymore. Okay. Starting shortly after I went vegan and lasting for two years. Mm. Through much tears, frustration, and perseverance and help, I am finally on my way to recovery. Some days I still struggle, and some days I wonder how I even did that to myself. Learning to love your body is hard, but it is also so simple. It is a wonderful blessing to have these bodies that can do so much for us. They are truly amazing. And in the grand scheme of things, who is really going to care if you have abs, a thigh gap, or any other body desire that the media has told us that looks beautiful? None of that matters. A healthy body has one look, has no one look, (laughs) A healthy body has one of yours, <laughs> has no one look, and that is what I have to keep reminding myself. Learn to love your body the way it naturally was. You will just be happier, and that is what life is about. Oh, that's so Thank good. you. I love hearing people that have overcome it, too. Yes. It makes me so happy. Okay, I'll read one more. Hi, Chelsea and JC. I'm currently in an intensive outpatient program in NYC for my eating disorder, where I go to treatment Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 2.15 p.m. I have breakfast, morning snack, and lunch while in program, and then I'm integrating back into my regular life for the most part, for my afternoon snack, and then dinner and evening snack. I'm 23. I just moved to New York City after college graduation in May 2017. I had just had to take a medical leave for absent for 10 weeks for my first 
quote unquote, big girl job in advertising. Something my boss told me before I left for treatment was don't ever apologize for asking for the help you need. We all have our shit. Oh, sorry. We all have our (laughs) beep. You're just braver than the rest of us. Only after I was told by a few close family members and friends that asking for help was courageous and inspiring did I truly begin to understand what they meant. We live in a society that teaches us that asking for help is a sign of weakness, that we need to push harder and go longer, and that we better not dare ask for help along the way. I'm still in treatment, but my life has forever changed. I've learned to reframe my eating disorder thoughts and to change my perception. I've learned that the most powerful thing I can be is vulnerable. Wow, I love that. I love that so much. The most powerful thing you can be is vulnerable. It takes more than just strength to be vulnerable. It takes courage because of courage, because courage does not exist in the absence of fear. Okay, are we speaking to write a book? Or <laughs> um, courage is not the strength to recognize our fears and push through. Courage is the strength to recognize our fears and push through the comfort discomfort anyway. I've learned to allow myself permission to mess up because even recovery doesn't need to be perfect in my desire for a perfectionistic life. I've learned to hold the dialect that two things can be true at the same time. I can be mad at you and you can be mad at me and that both of these feelings are true. I can be both hopeful and frustrated, sad and joyful. I can even be both proud and disappointed in my recovery progress. The important thing for me to remember is that feelings are not facts, but that I'm allowed and worthy enough to have them. Okay. This girl's really smart here. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very Um, eloquent. Yeah. I'm allowed to laugh in recovery because there's so much to be joyful about. I love that. Yeah. That you can like have both at the same time because a lot of people think it's one or the other. Right. Or like if it's not going exactly as planned, like, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. But you can also be proud of your progress. Yeah, exactly. That's... Like what you were just saying, like you can make yourself proud but still be disappointed in some yeah. things. Um, yeah, I really like that. Most importantly, I've learned that I'm worth it, that advocating for what I want doesn't make me selfish that turning to my family for support doesn't make me a burden and that I have a life worth living this was an incredibly long email but your request for eating disorders stories came at such a relevant point to my life right now I would love to share more answer any questions if you like just let me know thank you Kelsey yeah Kelsey we're gonna need you to write a book (laughs) Kelsey please write us a book and send it and you're awesome and beautiful and I love you that's really awesome all of these stories. I know. There's so, so many. Good. And again, I got so many emails telling me these long, beautiful stories of recovery. And everyone is just like, it's crazy the difference that everyone experiences. So just because it's not like mine or like one of these that we just read, it doesn't mean that it's any worse, better. Like it's just your story and you have to figure totally. it out for yourself. So let's end on a very positive note. Yes. <laughs> I think I just want to end with a couple like, not challenges, but... Yeah actions like that you can things that help me so we end on a very positive note and a very hopeful note Mm -hmm. so I just kind of jot down a couple things that like I just remember from my healing that and also just from what other people have said so love others freely and teach yourself to love yourself so also realizing that loving yourself takes practice and it's something that you have to learn it's like muscle memory telling yourself positive affirmations bouncing back from things and not telling yourself you're a failure but being forgiving and compassionate towards yourself really fast why is that like the hardest thing to do it's so interesting how and I know this is a different thing but like taking a compliment is so hard hard. like when people say oh you're so good at that the first thing I want to do is be like oh no stop no I'm not really that good and it and you almost feel like I feel like society teaches us that like it's 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conceited. Conceited to be to agree. If someone yeah. says, "Oh, you're so good at that," or "Oh, you're so pretty," yeah, like on Mean Girls. Oh, so you know you're pretty? Yeah, it's like you should just say thank you so much. Like, yeah, accept it because then you almost feel if you give someone a compliment, it's like no, 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 no. You're like, okay, we'll just take my compliment. Yeah, it's like, oh, I really think that. So anyway, that was a yeah. Side no, note, but. I I agree. I think that's relevant. Um, stop eating your feelings and start working through them. Not that I can tell Love you to that. stop, but that's really what it is, is you're eating your feelings. And as, like, depressing as that sounds, it's fine. It's okay. Lots of people do it, as we know. Like, it's a big problem, and you can get through it. Um, don't, let your, don't let your life pass you by, and don't wait for motivation. So I think that's a big thing. It's huge. Like, I take you, for example, like, I feel like you – I'm always like, Jason just does things. Like she just is constantly like accomplishing things, like doing things. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, And I feel like you have to realize like people like that, that you see are super successful and super um, like just doing a ton with their life. You're like, well, you almost give yourself an excuse. Like, well, I'm just not motivated and passionate. Like I'm not motivated. So I must not be passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And then you just like end up letting your life pass you by. But, you shouldn't have to wait for motivation because it's a scam. Like, I'm sure you don't wake up every single day and think, I can't wait to make a YouTube video. It's like, Absolutely not. Yeah, you just do it. Like, it's just something that you have to just train yourself. Bodybuilders, I'm sure, don't wake up and aren't like, going to the gym today, woo! Like, gonna there be are definitely tonight. days, yeah. It's just that something that they've trained themselves to do and they might be grudgingly do it the whole time, even afterwards, but they just get it done. Yeah. So I feel like, especially with recovery, it's like, and motivation is so hard to find yeah. sometimes. Like there are times that I'm like – You can't depend on it. No. It's yeah. – that's something that's very hard. But you – no one can motivate you but yourself. I mean other people can help. But at the end of the day, you are going to be the person who does it if you want to. So like you can't – like you said, you can't wait for motivation. It's like no. you have to make the decision and stick to it and yeah. then make yourself proud and go for it. Yeah. And like I said, like if it's too big of a step – Break it break down it to down. smaller steps. Like, don't do something like Mondays. I love Mondays. I love mornings because it's like, tomorrow morning I'll start. On Monday I'll start doing this. On the new year I'll start doing this. But it's like, if you're if you're um, not going to do it this second, you're not going to be able to do it then. So just make sure that you break it down to small step. Like I said, just telling yourself something nice or writing down five things you're grateful for or meditating for five seconds or playing with your dog, doing something that you love. And like, anyways... So the last thing is with eating in general, listen to your body. You will get to a point someday. Like I said, food is not fuel in my eyes. It's something that you have to listen to your body about. I feel like you're pretty good at that too. Like mm-hmm. we're both like, okay, if if we're not like – if we're at a restaurant and we're not – and we're eating and we're full, we're not going to make ourselves finish the entire plate. And we're like, okay, well, I'm pretty good. And you're like, I'll, I'll hear you say sometimes you're like, I need some veggies or I need some fats or protein. Like, yeah, because you, you literally feel that. It's not yeah. even me being like, I need to be healthy. It's like I, f- I can feel a little bit like, okay, all I've eaten today is like carbs and bread and like I'm just kind of feeling heavy and I yeah. want some fruits and veggies because I know that that's what my body needs. Yeah, you can it, feel it. Exactly. It's more of intuitive. Like you just mm-hmm. have to listen to your body and it'll talk to you, honestly. Yes. So – there's just so much more we could talk about, but for hours and hours, short. yeah, not really short, but yeah, I feel like we'll talk about this a lot in the future. Definitely. And I do, I want to talk more about body image too. Yeah. I feel like sure. that can be a whole separate thing. Yeah. Thanks for listening. 
to this long rant so much guys and if you guys have any other comments or anything as always you can email us at hello at what we said podcast.com and find us on instagram at what we said podcast and and facebook and facebook as well and i said this um on our last episode as well but if you guys liked listening to this episode if you post it on your instagram story and tag us we would love you forever um it's just like a great way to spread the word and yeah help be great (laughs) so um i think that's all but thanks so much you guys yeah thank you so much we love you and that's what we said oh i missed it i'm sorry okay sorry do it again (laughs) ready one two three that's That's what what we said said. Bye, bye guys